This is Hope FM. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a love for dogs? I have to have a love for dogs, actually, because my younger son uh, just got a new one whose name is Marley, actually. And uh, he was a little pup. You know, the dogs, as you can imagine, uh, grow. And he's, he's now a much bigger but lovable lump. Uh, anyway, I'm joined in the studio by uh, Hazel uh, uh, Kelly, who is the volunteer uh, coordinator with Southampton Community Team. And we're going to be talking dogs in just a moment. But before we do that, Hazel, Tell us a wee bit about the community team in Southampton. What do you guys do over there? Morning, Blair. Lovely to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, so, yeah, we work out of Southampton and we cover all of Dorset, Wiltshire, Isle of Wight, um, Hampshire and Jersey, actually, the Channel Islands. And we just support everybody living with sight loss to lo- live the life they choose. Um, so we provide many, many services, guide dogs being one of them. But we also have things like My Sighted Guide for people that aren't um, able to have a dog. Uh, we support children and young people and their families as well um, with lots of different services. I mean, obviously, guide dogs, which you're going to be talking about yeah. in just a moment, I mean, they've been a lifeline to so many people. It, it absolutely astounds me as to how you can train dogs to do the things that they do. Uh, how long does a, does a training normally take, you know, from pup right the way through to when you can actually release them to somebody yeah. who is either partially sighted or has lost their sight completely? They are amazing animals. They really are. And they do. They are life changers. We call them our little life changers and they really are. Um, So we have puppy raisers who are also volunteers and they have them from about seven weeks old till just over one. Um, And they do all the basic training with them, supported by our staff, obviously. Um, So they get them to know their name, go to the toilet, feed on the whistle, that sort of thing. Um, And then they go on to our um, mobility specialists who have them for around six months. So they're a about just coming up for their second birthday generally when they've um, fully qualified and ready to go off into the community and are the other dogs bred especially you know with with the you know the end in view you know in, in other words training them to be to be guide dogs yeah we've got a whole um, research behind the breeding program that, that we run up in the midlands actually and uh, yeah so we produce most of our dogs that, that we're going to be needing just so that we can pick the right ones for that particular role so is is it a community team then is it a national charity or is it just focused on southampton and and the surrounding area so we are a national charity but the southampton team actually do um everything the national charity does but on a local basis is it like an, an affiliated type basis you know so the local branch affiliates to the the national we are actually guide dogs yeah so it is a national team but there's te- there's 20 teams around the country all doing the same thing all supporting the the um the cause and how did you come to be involved um, I've been in volunteering for a long time. I'm going to say how many learning years? <laughs> 25 years? Um, Seems and like I, only yesterday. I know, it certainly yeah. does. It certainly does. It's um, it's a lovely role to have being a volunteer coordinator. Um, you meet so many lovely, lovely people that want to give their time to charities and we're so grateful for them. So yeah. it's just a, a lovely thing to be in. Uh, well, I was going to say to you, I mean, you obviously you said that volunteers are the salt of the earth and, and we've seen that, of course, through, through COVID and, and so on. Uh, in fact... 
picking up on that, has it been really difficult, particularly these last sort of almost, actually almost two years? It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is nearly two years now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our services were completely stopped. Um, But we supported our clients and our volunteers actually through telephone calls and that sort of thing as much as we could. Um, We've come incredibly accustomed to Zoom. So we've done a lot of um, support with Zoom. And oh, dear, you're on mute is my favorite phrase, I think, of 2020. We've all all used that phrase. It's just brilliant. Um, But it has been a really, really difficult time. And we are now, I would say, just about getting ready to start producing dogs again and and starting the training all over again and how has your funding sort of produced i mean that must be another challenge in itself getting the money to do what you do absolutely yeah i mean if you think that every guide dog costs about fifty-eight thousand pounds to support for its lifetime um yes we do need a lot of money because there's over five thousand guide dogs in in the country now um but a lot of it is we don't have any sort of specified government funding so all of it is done by fundraising um, that's through community, through um, different um, products that we have, like name a puppy and that sort of thing. But we do really rely a lot on our community fundraisers. They are an incredible bunch of people going out in all weathers, doing all sorts of silly things um, to help raise funds and awareness of the charity. And of course, there's something about dogs, isn't it? I mean, they say dog is man's best friend, mm-hmm. you know, but you see people out. And I think that particularly through COVID, you know, where people have been allowed to do walks, but they saw a real rise, didn't they, in people buying puppies and dogs and, and Absolutely, so on. yeah. It went astronomical, I think, with people at home all the time. Um, yeah, getting their own puppy was a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you are living in Southbourne, uh, Boscombe or Queen's Park... Uh, then you should be particularly paying attention to this because you're actually looking for volunteers from those three specific areas, Hazel. Yeah, we are actually. It's an unusual circumstance because normally we train our dogs from the Southampton office, but we do have a guide dog mobility specialist who's going to be based in Bournemouth from next year. So she'll be looking at locally training her dogs. So she'll have three dogs at a time. And we're looking for foster homes to have those dogs for her for about six months starting April, May time next year. Now, of course, we hear about fostering children, but I think this is the first time I've ever talked to anybody about fostering dogs. (laughs) So what does it entail? Uh, So Erin will be um, training the dogs every day, but um, we need somebody to have them overnight and mm-hmm. at weekends for her. So it's just, um, it's a lovely opportunity to have your doggy fixed, but not have it full time. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're asking um, families to open their doors um, for a loving family. The dogs are just, when they're out training, they're doing their work. When they're at home, they're just relaxing, just like any other normal dog. But we do like them to have good manners and things like that. So we do, there's some specifics that we ask for our um, fosterers to to adhere to, if possible. Oh, I know, um, but, well, I'm vice chair of Bournemouth Fostering Panel, uh, uh, our BCP Fostering Panel, as it is now. And, uh, of course, you know, we're looking for criteria for foster care. So I always think are amazing people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you have to have criteria for being a good foster uh, parent to a dog? I, I just a loving home, really, and that di- disposition of wanting to learn, wanting to learn how we train our dogs and and keeping that going, really. Um, 
but for this particular role we do need somebody that's going to have flexibility during the day um, so they can maybe have the dog in the morning while Erin takes them out in the afternoon and things like that you know so it's just about being flexible um, you don't have to have dog experience you really don't um, but it's just that openness to be able to learn and, and teach the way we need it so on basic things, you know, like toileting and and and, and regular walking and and, yeah. and sit and come and all those sorts of commands that you give to to dogs, um, will there be support with all of that? Absolutely. So we have a training program um, that you would go on before you'd get your dog. And then Erin is such a lovely girl, and she's so talented in what she does, and she's there every step of the way to support our fosters um, whilst they have her dogs while she's training them. I can see the real problem though being a. You know, because uh, they're, they're going to love these dogs, aren't they? And oh, then they'll have to give I them back. <laughs> but will it be a running, a rolling programme? Um, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm, there are other opportunities to help with guide dogs as well. So we'll have to see how next year goes and um, whatever it has in store for us. Let's see. Um, but yes, attachment is a, is a difficulty because you do. Oh, you know how quickly you get attached to a dog, and and you do have them at, at home with you all the time. So it is a problem. But I do think that you have this idea that the dogs are going to go on to do something amazing, and you're part of that. Mm-hmm. But looking at it from another perspective, I mean, there's a number of folk who probably have thought about having a dog, you know, buying a dog, and and but but maybe being a bit put off because they don't know what it entails. So you could say that this would be like a six-month training scheme uh, that maybe would ease you into knowing, I definitely would like to have a dog and, and I've got some skills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I definitely wouldn't as a case, maybe. <laughs> it's a great way of testing the water, I think, definitely. No, I, I, think, I think it's marvellous. And of course, the most important thing is that the particular dog that's being trained is actually going to help somebody at the end of the line. Yeah, and, and I, there's lots of clips on YouTube and all that sort of thing that you can see what amazing work they actually do and, and what life changes they are. So to be part of that is something really special. So did you say that the whole thing is going to kick off from next year, from January, February, that sort of time? Yeah, so I'm looking to sort of recruit now. No, uh, um, and then the training and then course? The training programme going through um, sort of spring to next year and then uh, hopefully dogs about Mar- May time. And will the training programme be local? Um, I think some of it will. Some of it might even be on Zoom still. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I know. I'm sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the um, a lot of the dog training, obviously, of is course, uh, yeah. uh, face-to-face. So, yes, it will be done locally. And what breed will the dogs be? Do you know that yet? I don't know that yet. But generally, um, our dogs are either Labrador mm-hmm. or Retriever or a lot of crosses. We do have some German Shepherds and some Labradoodles, which are quite different. Um, but I would imagine there will be a, a Lab Retriever cross. That's our general stock. No, that's fantastic, yeah. And then what happens, you know, when the time does actually come, you know, to, to, to say good farewell to the yeah. dog as it goes to its new owner, uh, do, you, do you prepare people for that? Absolutely. I think we prepare them from day one. You know, we're, we're seeing the dog every day. Um, it is very different from having your, your own pet dog because you know that it's actually not yours. It's going on to something else. Um, but, yeah, we don't just take it one day and say, <laughs> that's it, thank you very yeah. much. Um, there is that whole preparation. I mean, for the probably the last eight weeks of training that they're with you they're looked to be matched with somebody so it you know it, it doesn't come as any big surprise when the day comes and they go off to for their forever home mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's a marvelous scheme not, not only for the fact that people are clearly going to have a lovely time you know with 
with their dog and and support, which is very very important. I I guess I mean there are issues, aren't there, with people who think nice things about well, oh, have a nice little dog, and this, this of course happened through COVID. But then they realise the responsibility uh, that comes with that. So it's not something you do necessarily lightly. So having this sort of like you know commitment, but for six months. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, and and supported every step of the way as well. Plus, it doesn't cost you anything. We do provide all the the support that you need, the vet's bills and all the um, food is paid for, obviously, you know, by guide dogs. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to get involved. And are you the backup then, you know, so you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you you look after the you know your your job is is recruiting the, uh, the the folk to do it but do you have ongoing relationships yourself with those people? I do yeah definitely yeah I'm I'm off fostering myself as well so quite often if they go on holiday or they're going out for the weekend when they can't take the dog then they can come and stay with me. <laughs> now you can tell us firsthand because obviously you know people who have already done this. Mm-hmm. What sort of feedback do they give you? Um really good a, a lot go on to do it for years and years and years. So once it's in your blood, <laughs> be warned. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I say the same thing about radio. I've <laughs> come too close to it. Yeah, uh, that, that's fantastic. So if somebody um, wants to know a bit more, um, what's the next step for them? Um, so my email is probably the easiest way. We do have quite a lot of information online um, at our um, Guide Dogs website, which is www.guidedogs.org.uk. But because this is a, a quite specific role, um, it's slightly different from, from what's online. So by all means, please give me an email, which would be hazel.kelly at guidedogs.org.uk. Or my mobile number is 7 289337 and uh, we can have a chat about it. And just to say that, that, that the hazel is with the one L. Yes. Some people have it with two, don't they, at the end? Yeah. So it's hazel with one L, hazel.kelly at guidedogs.org.uk and that telephone number, just make sure I get this right, yep. hazel, so it's 07 269337 That's it, perfect. Perfect. Well, here's a thank you so much for joining us. And you'll have to come back and tell us, you know, how the how the whole scheme's gone. I think it's I'd love to I'll bring a foster in with me next time. Absolutely. You can bring a dog, actually. I've had <laughs> yeah. a, I've had a, I've had dogs in the studio, you know, and, and they've been very well behaved, you Brilliant. know. Yeah, fantastic. And just a, a reminder that if you want to get in contact with his own, find out more about that brilliant scheme to foster a dog uh, and of course get get the little dog ready for helping somebody who is either partially or are wholly challenged with their site. Well, Hazel's uh, email address is Hazel, just with the one L, hazel.kelly uh, at guidedogs.org.uk and her mobile number is 07-881-269337. Let me give you that number again, 7 881 263337 as hazel.kelly at guidedogs.org.uk. She'll love to hear from you. This is Hope FM.